It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This edition of Locked On Redskins is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Visit MyBookie.ag today. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. As always, I'm your host, Zach Hicks. And before we jump into today's show, I do want to give a big shout out to our move from Audio Boom over to Megaphone. Now, Megaphone is not that different from Audio Boom, but if you are having any problems at all with this move or, or locating like this podcast at all, please feel free to message me on Twitter or send an email to me, hickzack at yahoo.com. Audio Boom should be redirecting you over to Megaphone right now, and iTunes should not have a problem, so... If you are using iTunes to listen to the show, please rate, review, subscribe, do whatever on there. Everything should be fine on iTunes, but Megaphone is the new source where you can locate this podcast. It is a great source. I'm loving it so far, but of course, I am still trying to get used to it. So again, if you're ever having any problems listening on Megaphone, feel free to message me and I will answer any questions you have. But to jump into today's show, we have a very special guest, one of the nicest Cowboys fans, I've ever met, like I said. We have Don Ray Marinas. How's it going, Don Ray? I'm doing well, man. You know, I'm a little tired. I just got off work, but, you know, I'm great. Excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you coming on right after a long day of work, Don Ray. I know uh, with the day job, it is tough kind of <laughs> doing a podcast late at night. Right. So I'm glad you were able to join. Well, I'm on the West Coast, so it's not too, too late here. But, you know, wife's getting a little annoyed because I got to cook dinner. <laughs> All right, I promise not to keep you too long, though, and you better make her a great dinner. <laughs> no, it's all good. She can pour some cereal. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is my preferred uh, food right there, pour some cereal. I love it. So, Don Ray. Right? Don Ray, yeah. where can people find you on social media or find your work out there? Uh, social media, the only thing that I really use nowadays is Twitter. Uh, it's at Don Ray Marinas, D-O-N-R-E-Y-M-A-R-I-N-A-S. And I do a lot of uh, writing for the Cowboys Wire on the USA Today com. Awesome, awesome, man. So before we jump into my usual thing that we have throughout the week where we pick three players, uh, like I pick three Redskins players I think have a big game and Don Ray will pick three Cowboys players, we decided to do a big question, big thing where we're going to ask a bunch of questions to Don Ray. He actually got a couple good questions from his friends. I got some questions for him, so we're just going to throw them at Don Ray and see what he's got here. So one question that Don Ray got from his friends is, has Cooper solidified the guard spot in Dallas? I think for the foreseeable future this season, yes, because Chad Green just cannot stay healthy. He seems to get hurt every single game. Like there's something always going on with him. So for the sake of continuity, I think that right now Jonathan Cooper is our guy left guard. He's improved every week. He's looking better and better. And with the offensive line especially, you need continuity. So I think, yes, he is our guy for now. But he's only on a one-year deal, so who knows what's going to happen in the offseason. Is Jonathan Cooper the high pick guard uh, that the Cardinals took a couple years ago? Is that the same Jonathan Cooper? Yeah, I was wondering if he was ever going to develop in the pros, and I guess he's finding his niche down there in, in Dallas. Yeah, he's trying to get everything together. He had a few really bad injuries back in the day, and he never really got going to development. I think now has been a really good time for him in Dallas, especially with you know being surrounded by all the other talented doll pros that we got there. 
Gotcha, gotcha. So another question that Donna received is Jalen Smith played his best game last week. What is his outlook going forward? I think going forward, uh, what we saw from Jalen Smith on Sunday against the Niners is something that we should expect to see from now on, but maybe a little less because I think from the huge 40-10 to 10 win, we're not going to do that every single game. That's just unreasonable to expect. So you should expect Jalen Smith to play about 40% of the snaps and because when Sean Lee and Anthony Hitchens are there, that's usually when the game is on the line or when it's a little closer. Like when there's more of a specialized area for Smith, like they had him rushing the passer a lot more this game, and I think they're really trying to figure out what's working for him now. One of their most solid players on the Cowboys offense the last couple of years has been Cole Beasley. Now, I know this year hasn't been that good a year for him. you have any answer to maybe why that is? No. I, I have no idea what's going on with Cole Beasley. I think maybe he injects. He and Dak just aren't on the same page. This year, just yet, it looks like Dak is trying to learn some new things in the offense. Or I, I really have no answer for this, to be honest, because Cole Beasley is one of the better wide receivers in the slot in the whole NFL, and just did not really seem what the ball is puzzling to me. Yeah, so you've watched more games than I have. Is it a target issue with Beasley, or is he just not corralling the targets that are going his way? He's getting most of the targets. I don't think he's really dropped a lot of passes this year, maybe one or two, but he, he's not getting a lot of targets. Gotcha. So that is definitely something to watch going to the Skins game this week. And the last question that Don Ray got from his friends is, Is it, should Xavier Woods get more reps on this defense? I think he should. Maybe not necessarily like the bulk share of it because in the last two games he played uh, 15 snaps the last game and he missed two tackles. In the game against the Packers, he missed two tackles on the final drive that eventually led to us losing the game. So I think he needs to clean up the tackling a little bit more before he can really be the starter. Yeah, he definitely deserves more. I remember watching uh, Xavier Woods a lot last year, getting ready for the draft. He's a he's a very good player, so he's definitely you know deserving of more snaps back there if other safeties aren't just taking them from him. Yeah, for sure. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So to jump into my kind of questions for Donner was not prepared for these ones, so we're going to see how he reacts to them in rapid fire here. All right, let's go. Gotcha, gotcha. So Dak Prescott, coming into the year, was hailed as the next Aaron Rodgers. A lot of Cowboys fans have been hailing him as that, maybe even better than Aaron Rodgers. I have, seen, have you seen Nick Wright's take on Dak Prescott being better than Aaron Rodgers last year? No, I have not. Okay, I advise you never look up Nick Wright because he's an idiot. But anyway, Dak, <laughs> Dak Prescott is still having a very good year, but is not at the level that it was at last year. So would you say that Dak is struggling this year, or it's just more of a natural aggression back to what he's going to be in the NFL? I actually personally think he's playing better this year than he was last year. It's just the rest of the team is playing worse. Like, we're not having the team success. Like, if you look at his numbers, they're – his, his interceptions are up, but all his other numbers are projected to be better than they were last year. But there's been a few times where his accuracy has been spotty and, you know, all that. So he can't find his receivers or he's having stroke issues with feeling out projections, stuff like that. I don't think he's necessarily going to beat Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I hope he will. But <laughs> I think all in all right now, I think he's still playing really well. 
Yeah, I mean, Dak is a good player. I don't think Cowboys fans really need to worry about him. He, again, the, last no. year's pace and, and a lot of the numbers he put up last year are just kind of unsustainable for any kind of player. If he even gets near those numbers for a career, then you know he's probably borderline Hall of Famer. Some stat I did want to throw yeah. at you, though, Don Ray, is the Redskins' pass defense this year has actually been pretty good against quarterbacks. They've only allowed 10 passing touchdowns. Oh, really? This, yeah, they've only allowed 10 passing touchdowns this year. Six of them were to Carson Wentz. So if you don't count the likely MVP candidate, which is Carson Wentz right now, the Redskins have allowed four touchdown passes to a combined Jared Goff, Alex Smith, what Brian Hoyer, C.J. Beathard, and and Derek Carr. So that is definitely a very nice stat that the Redskins have. Hopefully they can keep it up this week. But Dak is going to have to be on his A game and really have that chemistry with receivers to you know throw for some touchdown passes this week because the Redskins, again, have been pretty stingy against passing defense. So something that I really want to always have a Cowboys fan on here and talk about is the Zeke Elliott suspension. When is that ever going to happen, and is it ever going to happen? Uh, my take on this whole thing is I'm about 60-40 on what I think is actually going to happen because I, I think at the end of the day, Zeke will get suspended, but it'll probably be like a Tom Brady situation where it'll be next season. Uh, I think they're just going to keep drawing it out over and over again in court until eventually they get to a final decision. But I think at the end of the day, what's going to happen is they're going to go back to the, uh, the CBA and the According to CBA, Goodell did all the stuff that he was given the power to do so. I mean, personally, I don't think Zeke should be suspended because he didn't have the charges pressed on him. I mean, if you don't believe Zeke, that's that's fine. If you believe that he did it, that's fine. But I think that your beef is with the police and not the NFL. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, when the, when the NFL did release their report, it did have a lot of evidence against Zeke. But again, like you said, yeah. there there was no police. The, it's, the problem here is the police for sure. The problem is, again, though, with Zeke's suspension, the way that Goodell put it in the CBA is he has full, like, automaty over this stuff. Like, he can suspend a player for basically anything just because he feels like it. That's in the CBA. I don't really know what the judges are ruling on here because that is in the CBA. Like, that is something that is in the NFL rules right as of right now that the players agreed on. So I don't really understand what judges are really doing here. But I'm, I'm kind of with you. I do think it's going to be something that takes place next year. It's just dragging out way too long at this point. He's going to keep getting yeah. temporary restraining orders, yada, yada, yada. It's stupid. I'm not even, like, considering him not playing this year anymore. But if he does get suspended, which is very, which is kind of likely, you know, even if, after this Redskins game here because that's when the judge comes back from vacation or, or whatever it is, how much confidence do you have in Elliott's backups? I mean, Alfred Morris has looked good in the spot duties this season. But it's only been here and there. It's not anything consistent. I don't think any of our backups have had more than 10 carries, other than I think Rod Smith, who had like seven uh, last game, but that was in mop-up duty. Um, I think we'll be okay, but we're definitely a far less effective team without Zeke. Well, yeah, for sure. You're losing an all-pro running back, and you're getting a guy at the Redskins cut, who is a six-round pick as your new starter. So it is yeah. definitely, definitely going to be some drop-off. Alfred is a fine running back. He's okay. He's just not going to be near as dynamic as what Zeke is. So I do see the I do see the production and the play dropping off quite a bit. Even though that offensive line, anybody can really run for a good amount of yards, the production is going to drop down quite a bit, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of the offensive line, though, I've heard a lot about their offensive line having a regression this year. I know they lost Ronald Leary in the offseason, and I think Doug Free was a starter for some of last year, too. So they, they have lost – yeah, so they have lost quite a few of their starters – and I know a lot of people are talking about them maybe regressing, especially after that Denver game. I, I, I know Pro Football Focus is disagreeing, still saying Dallas is the top line in the NFL. What's your take on the Dallas offensive line, and are they regression, regressing? I think, of course, 
yeah, we did regress. I mean, how could you not when you lose 40% of your starters from the season? How could you not? Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those things where I think they just have to get back in the groove of it. They've gotten better each week, but I don't think they are the number one offensive line of the league. That, I, to be honest with you, I don't know who I would say is. I've really put a lot of thought into it. Maybe Oakland, maybe Tennessee. I don't know. But I definitely think Dallas is still like maybe top seven, top five. But as of right now, they're they're still gelling. They're still figuring everything out. Maybe at the end of the year, if everything goes well, they can be the number one again. But right now, uh, still figuring everything out. Like Lyle Collins, still learning how to play right tackle. And Jonathan Cooper, again, he's trying to get back into the groove of being the guy. Gotcha. I mean, it does still help. It does still help. They are probably still a top five offensive line just because they have three Pro Bowl, like not even Pro Bowl caliber players, all Pro caliber linemen on that team with mm-hmm. Zach, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, and Tyron Smith. So the offensive line is still going to be a problem for the Redskins this week. But as Donner just said, it, they have regressed a little bit this year, so they are a little more vulnerable than what they were. You got to attack the two new guys that are in the lineup. Oh yeah, I was going to say like one of the matchups that I worry about is uh, where is Matt Ioannidis line up? Does he line up on the left side or the right side? Uh, it kind of switches around, especially on passing downs now with Allen out for the year. Ioannidis might actually play some more nose on passing downs too, so he'll he'll move all around that front there. They'll probably try to find the best matchup for him. Yeah, because I think he's going to have a, a good matchup because of against Jonathan Cooper. Yeah, for sure. I, I really hope they line him up with Cooper, even though I do think Cooper is playing decent this year. Him lined up against Cooper is definitely a win for the Redskins. So here's a question that's kind of been thrown around a little bit this week. I know more so regarding the Eagles and Redskins. So I just want to kind of throw it at you. It's complete. What would you take here? Discounting the entire running back position, so discounting Chris Thompson and Zeke Elliott, the two best offensive players on both teams. Who has better skill position players, the Redskins or the Cowboys? Oh, that's a tough, that's a tough question. I think uh, out of all the wide receivers, I think Dez is probably the best one between the two teams. Mm-hmm. But the depth afterwards, I think the Redskins have a lot better depth, like man-to-man. Because mm-hmm. I like... Josh, Josh Johnson's your number two, right? Yeah, well, he's number one slash number two, whatever whatever prior is. I don't know what prior qualifies as. <laughs> but uh, even, even Jamison Crowder, I think, is better than Terrence Williams. Mm-hmm. And I think right now uh, Jordan Reed is better than any of us had in. Yeah. Uh, I love Jason. I think he's a future Hall of Famer, but he's 35 years old. He's starting to lose his step. So. Yeah, I, I would definitely probably say the Redskins are deeper as a unit, but the, the top-tier talent of, of the Cowboys receiving core is kind of what separates them for me. But the one thing that I think would give the Redskins the edge in this matchup is that tight end position. I think Reed just being so much more dynamic than than Escobar even or, or Witten does make it such a big matchup. And even uh, Vernon Davis, too, behind behind Jordan Reed, another super dynamic tight end. I think the Redskins do have a slight edge there. But again, if you put in the running backs, Chris Thompson is excellent, but he's nowhere near Zeke Elliott and doesn't have the impact on the game that Elliott has. So overall, I mean, I think both skill position players for each team are are among the top 15 in the NFL. I mean, if the Redskins receivers can step up a little bit, among the top 15 in the NFL when healthy. Yeah. I think, uh, guys, I'm really worried about this coming week is actually Chris Thompson because our linebackers aren't really that great when it comes to lateral agility. And if you can keep him away from Sean Lee, I think he's going to have a lot of open space to run around. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be talking about Chris Thompson later. Let's not give away previews to my, my three oh, Redskins. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, let's not give away previews to my three Redskins. But, anyway, to jump into our next question here, I know the Cowboys have struggled a little bit with injuries on defense. I know it's not to the same level the Redskins have. What injuries have you had on defense this year, and, and are any of them, like, concerning going into this game? Uh, right now, actually, the defense is fairly healthy. I think the only 
big guy that we're missing on defense is Cheetah Bay. Uh, everybody else is healthy. Jalen, of course, is still recuperating from that gruesome knee injury. But as of now, we're, we're sitting pretty good health-wise on defense. Uh, we have Sean Lee back, and Sean Lee is our most valuable defensive player. When he was gone for those two games, we gave him 35 points a game. I think something like 300 rush yards in total. Maybe, I think it's 368 or something. I can't remember the exact number. And we lost both games. Yeah, the impact of Sean Lee is so weird. I've never seen a defensive player impact the team as much as Sean Lee has. Like, whenever the Cowboys have him in the lineup, their defense can be a top 10, top 15 defense, even with little skill players. But when he's out of the lineup, they are like a bottom five defense in football. I don't know what happens. Sean Lee makes, like, everything work on that defense somehow. Well, the big thing is, is he's our defensive play caller, too, so he's the yeah. one who's getting everybody lined up and making sure that everybody's on the same page. And, you know, when he's there, I'm not sure who our next defensive play caller is, but he just doesn't do as well as a job as Sean. Gotcha. Yeah, he he definitely needs to show the ropes to Jalen Smith there and, and kind of get Jalen Smith into that role. So if he ever does miss time or there's a time where you guys move on from, from Sean Lee, it, it will be an easier transition. <laughs> For sure. You know, hopefully you guys move on from Sean Lee. I, I would love it if you guys didn't have Sean Lee on that team. <laughs> So you and I are also kind of big draft guys, though, and I know that you you Cowboys took a couple of the players. I like you already mentioned Chidabe. You mentioned Xavier yeah. Woods earlier. Those are some of the guys that I really liked going into this last draft. Name name a couple rookies that have been playing well and not maybe not playing as well for the Cowboys this year, and and what their impact has been on the team. Jordan Lewis. Jordan Lewis has been everything that we could have ever asked for. I mean, he's a third-round player. He fell because of all the domestic abuse stuff, but he was cleared and he was announced innocent when he went to trial. So he's looking like a steal. Uh, I was telling my friend the other day that if you rearrange the Cowboys draft picks and go Jordan Lewis, Cheetah Bay, Wuzier, Taco Charles, it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Taco, he's learning. He hasn't really looked all that well, to be honest with you. A lot of people are already calling him a bust, but... I think, you know, give him a couple of seasons and he's still got a lot of good things to say. I only played one season as a starter at Michigan, and before that they were playing as a 3-4. So I think he's got a lot to learn. Hopefully we got the coaches that are going to be able to teach him how to be a 4-3 defensive at the NFL level. Has he had a pressure yet this year? I know Pro Football Focus had a stat that released like two weeks ago or last week saying he has the most snaps in the NFL for any like edge player without a pressure on the year. Does he actually have a pressure now? I believe he got one last week. I haven't been able to check out the PFF stats yet from week seven. But if I remember correctly, I remember people were making a big deal out of it on Twitter. It's like, oh, yeah, look, Taco did something. He also got a pass deflection, too. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, Taco is coming into his own. Hopefully he does not have a big game this week. But the Redskins do have a battered offensive line. And I will talk about that a little bit later when I talk about my three players. But the Redskins do have a very battered offensive line. So the Redskins or the Cowboys defensive line can really take advantage of that. And so this is the big week for Taco. And by the way, second greatest name of all the prospects this past year, Taco Charlton. Who was first? Fish Smithson, obviously. Fish. That's my dude right Not, there. <laughs> yeah, okay. I did like Fish. What about Money Hunter? Oh, dude, you're right. There was so Forrest Lamp was another good one. Or uh Weston Steelhammer was my personal favorite. Oh, favorite. yes. Did he did he go undrafted? I'm really bummed about that. Yeah, he did. Oh, I'm man. That's a bummer, man. I mean, so is Fish, but he's on the Redskins practice squad, so I can't be too upset. So my last question I have for you, Donnery, before we jump into our main portion of our show here, is what is your opinion on Jason Garrett as a head coach? Uh, 
I think Jason Garrett is actually a really good head coach in the sense that he keeps everyone together, keeps everyone organized, he motivates all the players. I do not like him as a play caller. When he was our offensive coordinator, you remember, actually no, you might not because you're really young, but back in the day on MSN you had like this little uh, space bar to leave like a comment next to your screen name. For like three years, mine was fire Jason Garrett. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know what I don't know what happened to him because when he was uh, a QB coach in Miami, he was really promising. And even in his first year uh, under Wade Phillips in 2007, he was doing all these like crazy things, like playing Terrell Owens at fullback and like putting a lot of the back and do all these innovative play designs. And then he just got boring and boring and boring. Oh man, Jason Garrett getting some heat from Don Ray on here. I like it. I like it. I I don't really as, mind. As a play caller, I think he's a great leader and I think he's a good dude. But as a, I don't like him as a play caller. Yeah, I get that. I don't. We're actually kind of the opposite here a little bit in Washington. Like I love Jay Gruden. I think he's a fiery coach. I think at times though he does kind of as like a leader and stuff like that. He does have his faults. But when it comes to play calling, I think he in general he does a good job, except for maybe the red zone. So in general, I do like Jay Gruden's play calling. I like, like I know, look at look at Sean McVay over in, over in uh, with the Rams now. Like almost everything he learned came from Jay Gruden. He's got the number two offense in football. So that kind of tells the kind of offensive mind that Gruden is. Except, I don't know. There's there's definitely some faults. Family, right? Yeah, offense is in that family, man. It's in that blood. Have you seen Have you seen his son or uh, uh, John Gruden's son works for Jay? He's our strength and conditioning coach. Have you seen that dude on the sidelines yeah. yet? No, I have not, actually. So his name is Deuce Gruden. If you ever get a chance, Donnery, look him up. He is a boulder, like a legit boulder. I can believe that, yeah. Biggest man. coach? Yeah, biggest man I've ever seen. You know how they always say, like, Samaj P. Ryan lifted a truck or something in the com- like before the combine? I'm pretty <laughs> sure Deuce Gruden could have picked up, like, a trailer or something. That guy is humongous. All right, I'm going to check him out when we get off then. <laughs> All right, perfect. Yeah, send me a tweet or something about it. But... So, guys, before we jump into our main segment of today, be sure to check out mybookie.ag this weekend for all your betting needs. I have three games here that I think can win you guys some money, so definitely go check them out. The first game I have here is the Chargers are seven-point underdogs at New England this weekend. Now, I know it is is at New England, and New England is a top-tier team in the NFL, but their defense is really poor. They just lost Dante Hightower for the entire year, and the Chargers are actually finding their own the last couple weeks. They just beat up on the Broncos. They have, and they look really good. So definitely check out that game if you're interested in winning some money, and be sure to put put it on mybookie.ag. Some other games I also have some interest in as a better would be the Jets are five point underdogs at home against Atlanta. Now the Jets have been much better this year than what we give them credit for, and Atlanta has lost to some pretty poor teams, including going to the wire against like the Lions and some other teams too. I think the Dolphins also beat. Uh, Atlanta this year too so they are kind of losing to some teams that they normally should beat and the Jets would kind of classify as that they are an overperforming team that we never thought was going to be this way and at home against Atlanta five point underdogs I'm taking that all day my last game I have here is Pittsburgh on the road at Detroit Detroit is a three-point underdog I don't really see why Detroit's the underdog here Detroit has actually played pretty well this year and Pittsburgh at this like Pittsburgh so far this year has been really hot and cold and they can establish the run and get lucky with a couple passes to Antonio Brown, then they're fine. But besides that, they have not been the team that we thought they would be going into the year. I know that we are talking about them now being a contender just because they beat the Chiefs, but besides that, they have not been that great this year. They lost to the Bears. They got killed by the Jaguars. She's embarrassed by the Jaguars. So that is definitely a game I'm looking at. So Detroit, 
New York Jets and Chargers are my three teams of the week that I would bet. And be sure to go to mybookie.ag. They have the fastest mobile site available and complete cash payouts within a day. So go check out mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So to get into our main point that I love every single week is our players who we expect to have big games this week. Now, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I'm actually pretty good at this, I think. I've been doing a pretty solid job so far. Uh, I I did say last week Jordan Reed was going to have a big game going into the game against the Eagles, even though he didn't have any games, any big games at all this year, and he had he ended up having 68 yards and two touchdowns. So overall, just listen to my opinion. I am always right, and especially when it comes to this this thing, Don Ray will know too. I am always right when it comes to this. So my my first my first player that I want to talk about here, who I think is going to have a big game for the Redskins, he's not going to be a player that's going to show up in the stat sheet. But I think he is going to have a bigger impact than a lot of Redskins fans will know. Is Chase Ruye? Now, if you guys don't know who Chase Ruye is at all, because I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys don't, he is our rookie six-round center out of Wyoming. Now, there are reports saying Spencer Long has knee tendonitis and he'll likely be out for a couple weeks, if not maybe the entire year. Now, Spencer Long going down is a big problem, but Chase Ruye has looked great when he's played this year. He's only played limited snaps. He played a lot in the preseason. But he has it all. He's a quick, agile center, excellent pass blocker. Now, he might not be as dominant in the running game as what Spencer Long is, not, might not be as big a body, but he can still move just as well as Spencer Long. He's going to be a great fill-in player for Long, and I expect him to have a really good game with the middle. So don't I don't expect him to give up many pressures, many sacks, anything like that, and I expect Rui to be a solid fill-in player for Spencer Long this week. Don Ray, who do you have as your first big performer of the week? My first big performer of the week is going to be Demarcus Lawrence, uh, league leader in sacks. Uh, the Redskins' O line is banged up, so I expect him to have a big game. Maybe a sack, maybe two, but definitely he's going to hold up at the point of the attack. He's been really, really good against the run this week too. But this year, sorry. Does he line up against the left tackle more often or the right tackle? Right tackle. I think he's played actually more exclusively on the right side. I don't know if I've seen him on the left side very much. I mean that's smart. That's what we do with Kerrigan over here in Washington. But yeah, Lawrence has been excellent this year, and again, he is going against either Trent Williams, who needs knee surgery for the rest of the year, and he's playing on an injured knee that's that bad, or Morgan Moses, who has two rolled angles going into this game. So it is really, really good matchup for the league leader in sacks. So I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping not, but we'll see. My my next guy who I think is going to have a big game this week is Josh Norman. Now, doctors still need to clear him, but all signs are looking that Norman is going to play this week, and his impact is definitely going to be needed because the last couple weeks, the Redskins' pass defense has definitely struggled. Carson Wentz picked them apart for four touchdowns last week, and the week before that, C.J. Beathard and Brian Hoyer actually, well, not Brian Hoyer, but C.J. Beathard looked like an actual quarterback in the NFL two weeks ago when he came in and mop-up duty. So definitely need Josh Norman back, and I, I said it a couple weeks ago on the podcast, I did not see him missing this game. I know he loves playing against Des Bryant. I know he loves that matchup. So I do expect him to have a huge game against Des Bryant. And this honestly has been this year. I, I've seen I haven't seen Josh Norman play this well since his Carolina days. 
as he's played, you know, the first half of this year. So I do expect him to get back to that level. I do expect the competitiveness out of him. Again, he's going to be a force in the running game. He did force Ezekiel Elliott, I think, to fumble twice his rookie year last year in the two matchups. So uh, Norman's going to be a big impact not only in the passing game but in the running game and also being a leader on the back end of that defense. Don Wright, who do you have as your next big performer this week? Uh, my next big performer is somebody who I'm hoping to break out of the conversation he's been in so far this season. That's Cole Beasley. Uh, it's supposed to be pouring rain this Sunday, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Pouring. Yes. So I, I think with the natural turf, or sorry, the natural grass that's in uh, the Redskins Stadium, I think there's going to be a lot of mud and there's going to be a lot of flipping around for the wide receivers. So I think Dak's going to start focusing more on the short intermediate game, and that's where Cole Beasley's wheelhouse is. So I think Beasley's going to have a big game. Yeah, Beasley definitely needs to break out of his slump, and, you know, against the Redskins, this is always the perfect time, I suppose. <laughs> All right, so my next big performer that Don Ray kind of touched on earlier, almost stole my big surprise, but <laughs> Chris Thompson, I think, is going to have a huge game this week. Now, he has been having huge games this entire year, I know that, but this week, again, what Don Ray said, the, the, besides Sean Lee, they don't really have a true cover linebacker that can stay at all with Chris Thompson. Now, let alone no linebacker can really stay with Chris Thompson, but if he's going to be matched up with even Jalen Smith or, or anybody else out of the backfield there, I don't see them being able to stay with Thompson out of the backfield. And I know Cousins, Cousins like, the only guys he really trusts on this offense currently are Vernon Davis, Jordan Reed, and Chris Thompson. So he's going to be feeding those three guys the ball every chance he gets. And those are going to be a lot of linebacker matchups, but I think Thompson makes the most of his opportunities. And I also do think the Redskins dial down the screen game a little bit and rely more on just Thompson coming out of the backfield on leak-out plays, and Thompson, again, can make something happen against these linebackers. So Thompson is my big performer of the week. Expect him to go off. I do expect maybe a touchdown or two out of him, maybe over 100 total yards. Don Ray, who do you have as your number one performer this week? My number one performer this week is going to be the guy who just came off the suspension two weeks ago, and that's David Irving. He has been a complete force since he got back. He's had three sacks in the last two games, and going up against, again, beat up Washington offensive line. I think he's going to have a really big game. I think one or two sacks, just like Demarcus Lawrence, and he's going to be in Kirk's face all game long. Man, you're predicting poor Kirk to get killed this game. You have two defensive linemen in your top performers, so Kirk's going to get just beat the entire game, huh? I hope. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, I mean, Kirk... Kirk is crafty, though, so what I worry about is, like, the quick dump-offs and, like, the three-step drops and taking advantage of our slow linebackers, especially in the mud. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I could be very wrong. I hope not, but I could <laughs> Oh, always modest. I love it, Don Ray. All right, guys, that is all we have for today's show. To kind of wrap things up, though, I do want to ask Don Ray one of my favorite questions. I did warn him about this. Don Ray, are Cowboys fans the worst fans in all of football? From my experience, uh, yeah. No matter what happens with the Cowboys, we're either the best when you're talking to other people or if we're talking amongst ourselves, we're garbage. We're the absolute worst, and they're never satisfied. We're spoiled because of the five rings, and we're also very arrogant because of it. So, yeah, I would actually say yes. Donner, you're always welcome on the podcast. We're going to say Cowboys fans are the worst. I think... I think there are a select few, like you out there, Don Ray, who I can tolerate talking to and actually enjoy talking to, but most most Dallas Cowboys fans are a lot like Skip Bayless, in my opinion. They just like to say stuff oh, just yeah. to say stuff, and it's just it's just terrible hearing it. And, you know, I used to think Eagles fans are the worst because they're just so arrogant and, and they never want anything, but, man, Cowboys fans, they just get under my skin. So, yeah, definitely Cowboys fans for me, too. Definitely. Well, I, the stereotype goes. Of course, like, there's always, like, exceptions, 
but that, I think that's with every team. Like on Twitter, I've made a lot of friends with practically every team, and I think there's just always good football people around. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, guys, so that's all we have for this week of Locked on Redskins. Again, we are on Megaphone now. If you have any problems with accessing this audio or anything with Megaphone, please send your emails to my email, hickszack at yahoo.com, and I will try to assist you with anything. I Again, I'm still learning over a Megaphone, too, because it is a new thing for us. But, you know, hopefully it does lead to more success in the future with Locked On and more contributors throughout the Locked On Podcast Network. Don Ray, as always, pleasure talking to you, man. Again, tell people where they can find your work. Yeah, my, my pleasure, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Twitter at Don Ray Marinas, D-O-N-R-E-Y-M-A-R-I-N-A-S. Awesome, awesome. So, guys, be sure to tune in next week as we hopefully celebrate a win here in Washington. Oh, I want to actually ask you a question before we go, Don Ray. What is your score prediction for this week? I think it's going to be close, but just because the Redskins are so beat up, I think it's going to be about 21-17 Dallas. I like it. I like it. I was going to go 20-14 to Redskins. I do think it's a low-scoring game because of the rain. Yeah. And I think the Redskins having the home field advantage is the big thing, but I, I do completely agree with you. Redskins are really beat up. So we will see which way it goes. Hopefully my prediction is closer than it was last week with the Eagles game. Be sure to, Again, guys, be sure to tune in next week as we hopefully celebrate a Redskins win and – go into the breakdown. I think it's at Seattle next week, so we will break down the Seattle matchup as well. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.